Hey everyone, welcome back for another new episode, and we just wanted to check in, make sure everyone is feeling okay out there. Actually, never mind. We're already aware that people have reached their mental limits because poor little Elmo was the recipient of the world's biggest trauma dump this week when he innocently asked the folks on Twitter how they were doing. Tweeting, Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? That's it's like it sounds like Mickey Mouse. I'm trying to do an Elmo, but I can't. Elmo is checking. Yeah, I can't do it's it. It's hard either. to do. So Elmo Ooh, it tickles. <laughs> no, I'm just doing yeah, Mickey just Mouse Mickey, again. Yeah. Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? Which resulted in an unending amount of replies and quote tweets where people displayed their mental health through gifs, memes, and quick descriptive text. As we already alluded to, the results were not great. This was not fair to Elmo, who is canonically a child. This was yeah. not not a you trauma dumped on Elmo. No, you almost have to feel bad for Elmo, or at least Elmo's social media managers. But what else did they think was going to happen? Yeah, I mean, even having an Elmo uh, Twitter account. This is a website where half the replies are just straight up pornography. Elmo, uh, this is not a safe place for you. Aside from the replies that literally were, oh, I guess Elmo is part of the leftist woke mob now. Aside from that, wait, what? <laughs> uh, I do want to give credit to Elmo because his pinned tweet still is from when uh, uh, Elon, not Elmo, when the other Elon, Elon. Yeah. Uh, took away proper verification, oh. and Elmo was like, "Elmo might not have, gosh, Elmo might not have a blue check, but he's still Elmo, and he has that pinned." Yeah, they should have just left. Like, what are you still? Why is Sesame Street on? Twitter, the former... Because they're trying their best to bring a little positivity to people's lives on Twitter. Your target audience are four-year-olds. And I was one of those four-year-olds once. Yeah. My parents would have never let me go on X. Well, I did see the, the uh, comparisons. It's all about, like, about how, like, millennials in particular don't really have an outlet for their mental health issues because it's uh, financially... Uh, hard to get, uh, especially right. with our healthcare. But it was being compared to when the guy from Blues Clues came back and was just like, "I'm proud of you." Yeah, no, people had a people had a really like, God, we are not doing well. No, we are at people at, started crying and stuff when uh, Steve from Blues Clues came back and said he was proud of them. And like, yeah, it does. It uh, I something that will never leave my mind as long as I live was when uh, Donald Trump assassinated uh, Soleimani and Iran was like. Well, what are we supposed to do in response? The only heroes they have over there are SpongeBob SquarePants and Spider-Man. And, and they were right. Yeah. They were right. That's all we got. <laughs> uh. So yeah, to top all this off, after the extremely disheartening responses to Elmo's trauma dumping tweet, <laughs> uh, the Today Show, they brought Elmo into the studio. Elmo and his dad. Yeah. I didn't know Elmo had a dad. That, that must have come after me. Uh -huh. But they, they had him in the studio to try and bring everyone a little bit of joy. Only for their guest to violently attack Elmo. And we will definitely get to that. But first, let's see some of the responses to Elmo just checking in. Elmo, I'm going to be real. I am at my fucking limit. Language. I guess I, I'm afraid, Elmo. Not going to lie. I'm tired, Elmo. A lot's going on, little red. <laughs> lots going on, young blood. <laughs> <laughs> Things are dark, Elmo. It has become clear that our society is fundamentally predicated upon the exploitation of man and nature to further the violent and pernicious tendrils of imperialism, capitalism, and white supremacy. But how are you? Do you still live over on Sesame Street? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What? 
What does that mean? <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying to cheer everyone up and have some fun. Okay, you're getting close to it. I'm proud of you. <laughs> oh, that tickles. <laughs> I just want to laugh. Nope, that's Mickey. <laughs> I got one voice. Uh, <laughs> continues. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but considering it's a puppet named Elmo and not a real person is the only one even checking in on me, seems to say it all. Ugh. Elmo, each day the abyss we stare into grows a unique horror. One that was previously unfathomable in nature. Our inevitable doom, which once accelerated in years or months, now accelerates in hours, even minutes. However, I did have a good grapefruit earlier. Thank you for asking. Hey, that, you know, they made a positive Small the victories. Mm -hmm. Elmo, I know you mean well, but we are all doing quite bad. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> Elmo says, I can't do it. Elmo, sorry for asking. Mm, is that closer? That's a different character, but I can't put my finger on who it is. Well, that's Elmo now. Yeah. Uh, here's one literally from the fucking... Uh, we can't say the word. To use TikTok language, it's from the Unalive hotline. Mm-hmm. Hey, Elmo, we're here for anyone struggling with difficult emotions. No matter what someone may be going through, the 988 Lifeline is here to help. Call or text 988 to connect with a trained, caring crisis counselor who is ready to support you 24-7. That was a response to Elmo. Wait, what is unaliving? <laughs> what does that mean? What do you mean unalive? You are officially the the Elmo it hurts going me. forward in I, this show. I hope we don't do too much Elmo content because I'm already getting a sore throat from uh -huh. that. So yeah, the fact that the best readily available mental health service in this country is a Muppet who checks in on people periodically kind of says it all. The massive response to this tweet even got the official Sesame Street account to put out a statement uh, offering resources. And they said the following. <laughs> Thank you, Elmo, for checking in with a reminder for us to pause and take a mindful moment to focus on how we're feeling. For emotional well-being resources and more, visit the Sesame Workshop. And we'll leave uh, the link that they also left in that tweet. We'll leave it in the description below because yeah, I probably a lot, a lot of, people of you might need, need it. it. Yeah, this is where, that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. Thank Elmo. you, Elmo. Elmo also put out an official response saying, uh, "Elliot, please." I'm losing it. Yep. Elmo learned that it's important to ask a friend how they're doing. I Yeah, it's gone. Elmo will check in again soon, friends. Elmo loves you. Elmo loves you. Yeah, I, 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 whoever's doing that voice, pay them double because that is a tough voice. Well, for, not the old guy. For Oh, yeah, that was a Yeah, the, the new guy, whoever it is, or girl, yeah. is uh, uh, doing great. Also, didn't, uh, I don't know, there's so much Sesame Street lore that I'm being subjected to. Didn't Big Bird get shrunk recently? I think that might have been part he of this whole... He became Small Bird. This, this might have been part of the whole thing on Twitter, and instead everyone just yeah. trauma dumped. People were acting like, oh, he's gonna, they're going to make him big again during the Super Bowl, which I was like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Anything that happens at the end of January or February is probably a Super Bowl thing. But then yeah. he's big again, so... Okay. Well, glad to hear Big Bird is back to being big. Yeah, they didn't want people to live with Tiny Bird for as long as they lived with the death of Mr. Peanut. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, oh, yeah. Wait. Did, didn't something horrible happen? Like, you, like, drove off a cliff or something? I can't no, remember. No, like, something horrible in real life happened uh, after they killed Mr. P like, I think Kobe died or something. Yeah. Yeah, Kobe died. Was that? I can't remember. Uh, after they killed Mr. Peanut, and they're just like, all right. <laughs> Peanut's fine. Yeah. He's he's fine. Anyway, it didn't end there because the Today Show, they invited Elmo and... Uh, like we yeah, said, his dad, I guess. His yeah. dad, weird looking. 
uh, onto the show. Hey, that's mean. You're being mean to Elmo once again. <laughs> Elmo must have got his mother's jeans because what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, they had the, the Elmo family on there. Elmo and his single father, I guess, <laughs> so that they could talk to a wider audience about people's mental well-being and checking in on your friends, only to have that seemingly wholesome segment turn into chaos as Curb Your Enthusiasm's Larry David rushed over and attacked Elmo in front of the shocked hosts faking a punch and squeezing down on the young Muppet's head before returning to a separate area of the studio, which resulted in Elmo telling Larry David to come back, sit on the couch, and talk about his feelings. <laughs> it was an amazing clapback. Like, uh, really thinking on their toes. Yeah, they're, they're masters of uh, the moment. Yeah. But yeah, Larry then uh, quipped, somebody had to do it. <laughs> uh, he would then later go on to apologize to Elmo directly, although uh, maybe not fully sincerely. I mean, it's a fucking Muppet. <laughs> I'm sure that the person was freaked out that had their hand up there. I'm sure they were. I bet they were stoked. Larry David touched me. Yeah. Uh -huh. Later, during his sit-down interview with Guthrie and Copy, David looked directly into the camera to issue an apology to the Sesame Street star. Elmo, I just want to apologize, David said while trying not to laugh. I'm really sorry. Thank you, Larry, <laughs> the Sesame Street character responded. Elmo accepts your apology. <laughs> All this needed was Susie standing somewhere. Larry, you four-eyed fuck, you piece of shit. You You're, assaulted a Muppet. You assaulted a Muppet. <laughs> Larry, get the hell out of my house. You are never invited back. <laughs> uh, uh. So yeah, it doesn't get any better than Elmo getting attacked by Larry David after spending a week getting trauma dumped by the entirety of Twitter. Yeah, you can't, uh, you can't really top that, folks, for live TV. I also, like, I didn't realize this, but, like, Elmo is, like, he's, like, the poochie of Sesame Street. Or yeah. I guess, like, the Scrappy-Doo. Obsessed me. Sure. That Elmo, makes more Elmo sense. showed up way later and was literally, it's like market research. Like, it, it's like Baby Yoda. Yeah. It's like one of those things where you're like, that's cute, but you, I know that you know it's cute and that's why you did it. Mm -hmm. And I ain't falling for that shit. Uh, it was specifically introduced for 90s kids. Yeah. They're like, and look at nobody, us now. Nobody watching Look Sesame at Street. us now. Yeah. In shambles. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. We don't know how to deal with our emotions because we pouring just... out our souls yeah. to an online Muppet account run by some underpaid pieces of shit just over in some office, regretting their decision to take the job first of all, but yeah. their decision to post that tweet in the first place. Elmo's handler needs uh, some of that corporate yeah uh, wellness retreat. Where are stuff. they supposed to trauma dump? We've hired a uh, grief counselor for everyone involved in the social we media. We got everyone one, one free year of better help. <laughs> <laughs> there was a real company that did that, right? Uh, yeah, no, it's like a, it's multiple times where yeah. like something horrible has happened and they're like, hey, guys, it's fine. We got you each a free year of better Didn't help. Didn't better help offer it to like the Uvalde families or something? There, there was a really fucked up moment where they were like, and don't worry, we're here to help. Yeah, I think they also offered it to like anyone, anyone in Israel gets like free BetterHelp for a year or something. It's it's what a stupid company. Uh, uh, Larry did say apparently that uh, in an interview that his favorite episode of Curb was uh, Palestinian chicken. It's a great episode. Mm -hmm. Anyways, let's move on to another mental health check. The God's Army take our border back convoy. That that convoy is making their way down to Texas. I think they're they've arrived by now, but. To, uh, they went there to somehow lend support to the border enforcement agencies or 
act as additional soldiers in the very bizarre civil war that they all think is about to take place. If there's one thing we know about these stupid convoys, it's that they are always doomed to fail. <laughs> Uh, there's been no shortage of convoys over the past couple of years. We got the Canadian one, yeah. the DC one. It's a mostly now safe, it's God's army. It's a mostly you know safe way for the worst people in the world to get their aggression out. Yeah, they've had it pent up for so long. It's Let the them one go time, down there to LARP on the border. It's fine. This is their big cross country trip that they get to do because they never leave within yeah. a five mile radius of their house. And it's especially good at this time of the year because they're probably going to get stuck in the fucking mud. And they'll have something to do. Or the snow. They can like they can get their heads together and figure out how to get their uh, shitty front-wheel drive cars out of the mud. Because they didn't plan for that. Yeah, they, they're, these convoys are always overblown. They're, they could, in some cases, and some cases they have, resulted in arrests. And they're, of course, made up of the most deranged and paranoid chuds that you could ever imagine. I mean, that last point is already turning out to be true in very exciting ways, as the participants in God's Army Convoy literally don't even trust their own members. Oh, yeah. And they've spent a significant amount of time claiming that other members in the group are actually plants. This is... Now you're speaking my language. Yeah, it's a oh, level, of, level of brain rot that keeps surprising even us. And lest you think we're exaggerating, take a look at some of the clips from the events. Call everybody you can. Tell them what's happening. Whether you're here or not, you can be a part of this. I can tell you right now, I was a part of the convoy from my house for as long as I could until I could get my truck fixed. We need keyboard warriors, okay? If you're sitting at home, you're on your phone, we want you to be warrior in first. Do not be deceived. Stop thinking that everybody who waves a flag and shouts freedom is your friend and a good person because we have people like this trying to join up in the movements. I found this out the hard way. That not everybody is in things for the same reasons you are. I was in the people's convoy. And what a fucking disappointment that ended up being. To find out that these people that you were with, they weren't like you. They didn't care about the country. They were a bunch of grifting motherfucking live streamers. January 10th of 2023, they dissolved the borders between Canada, United States, and Mexico and said, we welcome diversity, equity, inclusion, and we welcome migrants from all over the world into America. They signed it. It is in the federal register. You can look it up, okay? But COVID had to happen so they could actually steal the election. I said, yes, sir, you're all thankful. So he's a lean in the bed. And that, sir, well, that's the raggiest old flag you got hanging on it. That means you need to confront these scum in person. That means Elon Musk needs to go ahead and go into all of their direct messages and release them to the public. We're seeing Afghans come across constantly. Chuck Holton see them, Taylor see them, and Vanderseal see them, and they're coming across our border every day, right? Let me tell you what, Hamas, are you listening to me? Listen, Hamas is coming across do they think keyboard warriors is like a is not like just a pejorative? They love it. That that's they consider themselves to be keyboard warriors. Keyboard warriors. Yes. What, now that you mention it, I do spend eight hours a day yelling at people on Facebook and Twitter. Yeah. I am a keyboard warrior. Thank I'm doing you. my part. Anyway, uh, there's another part or another recent one where uh, one of the people who appears to be in charge of this convoy is on stage. And lets everyone know that they actually aren't going to be going to the border 
or stopping migrants at all. Actually, they're just going to go to an area called Cornerstone Children's Ranch to complain and pray. Yeah. Which we are sure was upsetting news to all the bloodthirsty patriots who thought that they were going to get to cosplay as war heroes or something and maybe even shoot themselves a Mexican. Yeah, they, uh, the, uh, we'll get to it, but Wired looked into their Telegram and Discord chats, and that seems to be the sentiment. That seems to be what they were all very happy to get there and do. But yeah, uh, here's, here's what Wired had to say about it. On Monday morning, the organizers of the Take Our Border Back convoy kicked off their road trip to the Texas-Mexico border in Virginia Beach. Though they claimed that up to 40,000 trucks would be joining, only 20 vehicles no. made up the convoy <laughs> as it rolled into Jacksonville, Florida 14 hours later. The promised support had not materialized. Not a single truck showed up. Tires were reportedly slashed. <laughs> participants got lost. And paranoia struck the group. In short, the convoy was a complete mess. Yeah, but it's like, they're, you know, this is exciting. Like, I bet if someone made like a D&D about just like themed to their interests, these yeah. people, they would have a, just a new zest for life. Yeah. They just need something to do. They need to have, feel like they're doing, uh, have a purpose. And this is giving that to them. Yeah. Uh, they did. There are videos from like, Texas freeways and stuff where they're like, wow, look at all these patriots. And it's clearly just a Does traffic it, yeah. calamity yeah. from all of the people weaving dangerously in and out of traffic and having mm -hmm. their flags everywhere. And they're like, wow, look at all those semi-trucks. And it's like, wow, I've never seen semi-trucks on a major highway before. Yeah. Those must be there uh, with their full loads attached to the trucks. <laughs> Uh, to go to the border. That's definitely what's Why happening. Why would a semi-truck be going to the border? Because they're uh, huge patriots who are very The semi-trucks of... made sense for the Canada one because it was about, like, international shipping and uh, vaccine uh, yeah, passports. Yeah, vaccines and yeah. Did they just see that and think, like, oh, the key to a good protest is, like, you got to have the biggest truck around? Yeah, the, the Canada one, there was that funny moment in the Canada one where uh, uh, American patriots tried to go up and help their Canadian brethren but got stopped at the border and turned away because they weren't vaccinated? Oh, yeah. Fun yeah. stuff. Damn it. Uh, anyway, it continues. While at least one organizer initially said they planned to hunt down migrants along the border in collaboration with sympathetic members of law enforcement, the group appeared to walk back that assertion on Monday, issuing a statement that the convoy would not be heading to the border at all, but instead going to Quemado, a tiny town in Catron County, Texas. The group's website, however, still lists the route of the convoy as Virginia Beach, Virginia to Eagle Pass. And members of the planning group on Telegram still say they're going to the Texas border. The organizers also repeatedly stated that the event was peaceful, though online chats in a related Telegram group show members discussing exterminating migrants. A known white nationalist who was kicked out of the People's Convoy in 2022, Ryan Sanchez, is among those most active in the group. Okay, you know what? I don't want them to have their fun, actually. No. Uh, they go on to talk about the paranoia that is gripping many of the group's members with people on Discord and Telegram channels saying, this will end up loaded with trolls and feds in no time, and I hope it's not another January 6th trap. People need to pray for discernment about this. But after three years of this, people are sick of it. And apparently the main chat rooms associated with the convoy have been scrubbed of a bunch of the more extreme rhetoric, but Wired saved the chat log, so we'll leave a link in the description below. But yeah, there's a lot of talk of hunting and exterminating migrants. Uh, all very Christian stuff. What all would Jesus do? Christian stuff that Christ himself would definitely be proud of, I'm sure. Uh, but also, here is this, just for 
another little clip here. There's this next guy who was interviewed by News Nation, and while he just repeats a lot of the same talking points as everyone else, his facial hair is certainly a choice. Because, yeah, he's definitely rocking the Hitler stash. Ooh. Which is something you would assume they wouldn't want to be so blatant about. But then again, these folks don't seem to be firing on all cylinders to begin with. Yeah, that's a uh, real elephant in the room right there. Not even Michael Jordan was able to pull that off. Nope. He tried. But it definitely makes this guy look racist. Yeah, sorry. That's just, uh, you don't do that unless you're really, really trying to send a message. Yeah. Anyways, this will probably, this whole thing will dissipate pretty quickly, but you never know, because these people, they clearly don't have lives, so maybe they'll just end up living there for an extended period of time. Migrants themselves, you would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, they did get some uh, big celebrity support, though. Sarah Palin showed up. Oh, baby. Uh, and also, Ted Nugent. The rights, Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yeah. They, they got Ted Nugent, um, John Voight, everyone's yep. favorite actor, John Voight. Yeah. Kid Rock, That's the, right. the greatest musician in the world. So Watch sorry, out. look out, Libs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if they do end up living down there, it won't be long before that itself dissipates because they'll all just start pointing the fingers at each other and saying that you're yeah. a fed. You're a fed. You're a fed. You're oh, a fed. We got ourselves a glowy over here. Yeah. Um, anyways. So that's fun. But uh, elsewhere in Republican politics, Lauren Beetlejuice Bobert <laughs> was once again attacked by members of her own party last night during the Washington Press Club Foundation dinner, when Representative Lisa McLean, a Republican from Michigan, was delivering her speech and told the crowd to keep their hands above the table, and then directly addressed Bobert, of course, referencing that over-the-pants hand job that she performed during, Beautifully Be during performed. Beetlejuice, the family musical, last year. <laughs> Here's the clip. For the speech tonight, if everyone could, please keep their hands above the table. And I know it's date night from some of you, but no inappropriate touching. That includes you, Lauren Bobert. No vaping either. Love that she added, and no vaping either. Yeah. Never gonna live that hand job down. Sorry, Lauren. Well, she won't have to for long because she is definitely not winning re-election. I thought she was getting like a new district or something. It, nothing is gonna work. Well. She's getting like joked on by her own party members. Yeah, I mean, and then she, was it MTG even recently was like, you better start checking applications down in Colorado. Bye, yeah. bitch. Oh yeah, she's not friends with MTG anymore. No. They are, they are not even frenemies, enemies. MTG's trying to get Ilhan Omar uh, deported, censored, and then deported. Yeah, because she uh, read a misinterpreted speech uh, from Ilhan Omar, which it, the whole thing's insane. Yeah, it's all MTG refers stupid. to her, she's like, uh, from Somalia, I mean, from Minnesota. That's what she said. Censuring Representative Ilhan Omar of Somalia, I mean, Minnesota. She is from Somalia. Yeah. This is a nation of immigrants. Mm -hmm. She's actually, I mean, even if you disagree with everything about her, uh, she is the quintessential American success story. Yep. Come on. Anyways. Anyways. Over at the uh, Florida Liberal Arts College that was taken over by Ron DeSantis, the new dean recently performed at a school-sanctioned stand-up comedy event. Oh, no. <laughs> You're right, Elliot. Oh, no. You're right to be concerned. <laughs> the dean of Ron DeSantis's... Is he going to say it? <laughs> <laughs> they said I shouldn't do it, but... It's... 
What is the crap? I'm going to say it. No, he... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Any Michael Richards fans in here? (laughs) (laughs) He made some jokes about a... (laughs) This guy, the dean of Ron DeSantis' takeover, he made jokes about uh, gay sex. (laughs) uh, Specifically, like, uh, cops putting their batons in people's butts. I don't care who you are. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) That's a little stand-up comedy. Here's your sign. So, things seem to be going great at this anti-woke Republican college. And they defended these jokes, by the way. Uh, I don't care if you're offended. I'm going to make more jokes about sticking police batons up buttholes. Yeah. Here's a local outlet, the Sarasota Herald Tribune. Your hometown paper. I I used to go to parties at this school back when it was a liberal arts college. They had these parties called The Wall. And uh, yeah, there was lots of drugs and stuff going on. But they they were insane. All night ragers. You had to be there, I guess. Oh, yeah, those days are over. The, the parties are a little weirder now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, D- David Rancor, a former lobbyist and now dean of students at New College of Florida, participated in what appeared to be a New College-sanctioned group comedy class at McCurdy's Comedy Theater. In his seven-minute segment uploaded to YouTube on January 25th... Yeah, I'm going to upload this. <laughs> I love it. I, I more nailed pe- it. More people need to see this. <laughs> I'm in the wrong business. I'm going on tour. I thought lobbying was my career of choice. And then I was like, no more lobbying. I'm going to run a university. And now I'm like, maybe running a university isn't where I belong. Maybe I belong down at the comedy club. Um, Yeah, he's filling the uh, power vacuum left behind by Gallagher. Right. Another Florida anti-woke comic. (laughs) That is what he became. It was very strange. (laughs) Unfortunately, because everyone loved when he smashed things. And that giant couch that he turned into a trampoline yep uh anyways he uploaded his set his solid five onto uh youtube on january 25th where he joked about his child self exposing his genitalia to a girl a drill sergeant sticking a baton up his anus (laughs) and native amazonians forcing him and his peace corps battalion to have gay sex this guy was in the peace corps pretty lib-coded yeah but it wasn't gay because we, fo- we were forced That's right, to do it. By cannibals. And uh, also his drill sergeant stuck his baton up his butt. Anyway, that's, that's, comedy, that's comedy, baby. zippity doo It continues. When asked for comment, new college spokesperson Nathan March expressed the college's support for Raincourt and the other students and faculty who performed during the comedy class. Cancel culture is over at New College. Comedy is a work of art, one that is reliant on our society's tenets of free speech and free expression, March said. New College supports its students, faculty, and staff's right to participate in artistic endeavors like a comedy performance or any other civil exercising of free speech and free expression. I would love to see what they would do if a single Palestinian flag was waving on that campus. I have a feeling their tune might change. Yeah. Or if uh, the comedy was uh, literally anything else. Anything critical of uh, Ron DeSantis' policy? I was kind of hoping that they would fire him so he could hire the same lawyer of that other guy who got fired. But this lawyer would be or that NPR guy who got fired for doing stand-up. But he hires that guy's lawyer and... uh, Gets reinstated? No. He's like, I'm sorry. The 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 jokes jokes are not not funny. funny. No. But the other guy, the jokes were funny. Mm -hmm. That's the difference, you see. Yeah. All right, but let's uh, shift gears away from political stuff now and talk about how TikTok was just actually dealt its most significant blow. And this has nothing to do with the Senate hearings 
that happened this week. Uh, it is actually a debilitating injury that not even the U.S. government could have inflicted. Millions upon millions of TikTok videos have just gone silent as one of the world's largest music distributors has pulled all of their songs from the platform, which means any video that included a song from Universal Music Group has had the audio removed, and people will no longer be able to use any of that music for future videos going forward. And you're probably aware of this by now, but UMG is an absolutely massive music company yeah. that has just... I don't know, millions of songs I mean, under their umbrella? There's what, like three music labels yeah. in all the majors in yes. the United States? Yeah, it's like more consolidated than the film industry. Yes, it's it's a lot. And this is obviously a huge deal considering the app essentially revol revolves around music for creating hit videos as well as for discoverability. That's always been its thing is like, what's the trending song and how can I exploit that for yeah. my own take on it? It's just how it's worked traditionally. But yeah, it's also a huge blow for bands and artists who literally found fame thanks to one or two of their tracks going viral on the app. So everyone seems to be losing here. And the reason that TikTok has gone silent is pretty obvious. UMG wanted a better deal for music licensing. TikTok couldn't or wouldn't come up with the money. And so UMG just cut them off. Here's Pitchfork with more. UMG revealed that as of today, its negotiations for a new contract with TikTok have ended without an agreement and that the expiring contract will not be renewed. That means that if a new contract is not agreed upon today, music by artists including Taylor Swift, Drake, and Bad Bunny will not be available for use in videos on the social media platform. In its statement, UMG claimed that it will cease licensing content to TikTok due to conflicting approaches to critical industry issues, specifically how the platform plans to address artist compensation. TikTok user safety, and the growing prevalence of artificial intelligence. UMG alleges that TikTok proposed paying its artists a fraction of the rate that similarly situated major social platforms pay, and that the service has offered no meaningful solutions to content issues like bullying, bigotry, and harassment, including pornographic deepfakes of artists. And, I think they kind of tacked that yeah, last that, stuff on there. I was going to say, the last points are definitely true and, and they stick. Yeah, they're... They didn't say anything inaccurate. TikTok should be doing better on that, but it really seems like they added it to just jab it and be like, and by the way, er everyone's listening, right? TikTok is really bad at this yeah. stuff. And you know what's really like a big talking point right now is this deep fake AI shit. So that that's why we're doing it. Um, but yes, the, it obviously feels like something tacked on to pressure TikTok because those issues are well known and they acro uh, exist across all social media. And as far as artists getting paid, yes, it, it would be awesome if somehow the millions of views that their songs were getting on TikTok were better monetized. But unfortunately, that's next to impossible at any rate that they're hoping to secure based on the sheer number of views that that platform gets. And typically, videos on that platform are using short snippets of the songs. So it's not really a one-to-one -one comparison to say uh, that what YouTube pays for a view in licensing is the same as what TikTok does. That's, it just muddies the water. But what's worse is that if you talk to basically any artist that isn't on the same level as Drake or Taylor Swift, they'll tell you that the royalties that they would potentially see from even a better deal would be absolutely minuscule compared to the popularity, recognition, ticket and merch sales, as well as brand deals that they could receive by getting popular on the app. Yeah, also, I'm not sure I believe Universal Music Group when they say, look, we're just, we're, we're looking, doing this we're for the artists. We're doing this for the artists. I mean, you're, you know doesn't line up with the last 100 years of uh, recording industry behavior. Exactly. But in the past couple of years, specifically for artists, 
more specifically for artists who aren't on that superstar level, yeah. TikTok has actually been great for discoverability for them. Yeah. Because yeah, it's been like, like a lot of like really random little tracks from little artists just get like hugely viral for reasons that I can't understand. But it's yeah. like, yeah, that'd be that would be pretty awesome. And that's like. It's just a completely new. It's literally like, like getting your video it, on MTV in the eighties or nineties. Yeah, in a lot of ways, it's uh, so. Yeah, it sucks that that's no longer. At least if you're already signed to Universal. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's not just us who think like this. Artists as well as labels craft strategies explicitly for TikTok to try and grab as much attention as possible. Mm -hmm. And we're all for artists getting paid, and they absolutely should. But most of the artists out there will never see any of the money that is recouped from the outrageously one-sided contracts that they sign with certain labels. The best they can hope for is selling out shows and making whatever's left over from merch sales after factoring in uh, the cost of the shirt, the design, the salesperson, and finally, whatever absurd cut that the venue takes, like a fucking mafioso. Did you see uh, the Callous Dowboys post? They were in Italy, and they're like, uh, so they're trying to take 60% of our merch. It's like yeah. 40 or 60%, so they just like opened up their trailer in the parking lot and was just like, hey, merch yeah. store's open. Yeah, no, it, it's fucking absurd the way venues like that. You're already on razor-thin margins as it is. Even with merch, not even counting the razor-thin margins that exist in performance and getting royalties but like think about how that money split like an average band minimum three to four members yeah most five so that's why the t-shirt at the show you went to is was 35 dollars like or 40, 40 bucks yeah. yeah anyway not to mention a ton of major labels in particular take a cut of the merch sales as well so yep. you're left with uh nothing yeah enough to gas your car up and get back to your back to where you came from <laughs> And, Never uh, to be seen again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyways, rant over. The official statement claims that TikTok used bullying tactics to undervalue artists' music and all that. In a perfect world, they would find a balance, but the effect that TikTok has had on the music industry is undeniable at this point, whether you give a shit about that app or not. Yeah. It exists, and uh, it has an effect. I would say a positive effect on smaller artists. Not, definitely not helping with royalties that they get, but no. I don't think anything's going to. The amount that they would need to make in a deal to get artists that aren't the size of Drake paid anything would be so astronomical that TikTok would cease to exist. They already can't even pay their creators on TikTok. They ran out of TikTok money. I mean, I think they have the money. Yeah, but... <laughs> They've got the money. Yeah. Hopefully a deal gets brokered. Hopefully the artists actually see some of that money, but... It's UMG, so who knows? But speaking of TikTok, some more freak shit spilled out of TikTok containment and onto the greater internet this week when someone posted videos of people who are so committed to walking around barefoot everywhere. God. <laughs> I am out of touch with the youth. This is not a new thing either. Like, this is something you see pop up every couple of years, going back to probably at least the 60s. Yeah, for sure. This The hippies started this. Yeah. Uh, they were just... They, this definitely happened back then, but they weren't cutting up their entire Nike Jordan collection. It, it is wild to see just a, a pile of like 15 pairs of shoes all with this one simple trick. <laughs> so, yes, as the point we're getting to is that they conceal their bare feet to skirt the laws, the various laws 
by cutting out the entire bottoms of their shoes. So it looks like they're wearing shoes, but nope, nope, no one's the wiser. They're barefoot under there, they can Except walk around. Except for anyone walking behind them. Yeah, or just looking and watching the yeah. shoes flop around. Yeah, what's going on there? <laughs> hey, you might need a new pair of shoes. Actually, I like it this way. Okay, freak. Uh, yeah, they, they do it so they can walk around on disgusting floors of every department store, uh, every coffee shop, every fast food joint, feeling every nook, every cranny, every crumb, every, every amount of stickiness that that floor has. Uh, whatever it is that's on that bathroom floor, they're, they're just stepping all over it. They're getting it in. Hey, you know what's good for athlete's foot? Urea. I'm going to go into the bathroom and just scoop-a-doop-doop. Uh, and, of course, every bit of broken glass. Yeah, that's the one I would be most worried about. Is yeah. Broken glass and also just, like, gravel. Yeah. Yeah, it hurts. That hurts, yeah. yeah. Step on a piece of glass. You want to be barefoot? Go down to the fucking beach. <laughs> yeah, walk around all you want. Uh, you, you step on the glass, and then you go use the bathroom. Bippity-boppity, hepatitis. Yeah, it's this is a recipe for... A but lot look, of nasty stuff. Who are we to judge? They're out there living their best, disgusting lives, and also potentially spreading germs and athletes' foot around like crazy. Honestly, we hope this is just a joke—a very expensive and stupid joke. Because the TikTok video itself—I mean, all of these people have like weird dead voices when they do their TikTok narration. We but... don't like walking around with shoes on, so yeah. we did—we cut the soles out of our. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, it's narrated like it's satire, but you never fucking know with these TikTok people. Also, uh, this video is silent outside of the narration. I'm not sure if the original video had music on it, oh. but there isn't music now, which means they might have actually had something from UMG on the video before, because it does seem a little weird without what, any music band. What could it have been? Uh, here's the video you can judge for yourself. My husband and I have removed the bottoms of all of our shoes. We decided to start walking barefoot and one of our followers had a great idea. Since some businesses don't want us being completely barefoot, if we cut off the bottom of our shoes, it'll allow us to be barefoot but blend in with everyone else. This is a huge commitment, but we were willing to make it. These are our favorite shoes. Our shoe collection is worth more than $20,000, but this is a sacrifice we're willing to take because walking barefoot means the world to us. The benefits of walking barefoot are priceless, so now our shoes are worth more than money could ever be. So today we got to work and started removing the bottoms. We weren't sure if this was going to be easy or hard, and it ended up being pretty easy. We made little shelves where our toes are and our heels are. We made a little lip on the bottom of the shoe where our toenails will go so they can latch on so we'll actually be able to hold on to the shoe while trying to walk without the bottom. And we did the same thing for our heels. The experience of cutting off the bottoms of our shoes was very freeing and detoxifying, just like walking barefoot is. So after we cut the bottoms off, we decided to try it out. So we went to our favorite store, Sephora, and as you know, they don't really like us in here without shoes. I needed to grab a few things for a trip we're going on. The experience was absolutely perfect. The workers came up to us, they talked to us, they even complimented our shoes. I definitely recommend this if you're trying to go incognito barefoot. It's the perfect way to get all the benefits of going barefoot, but also have no one know. Anyway, with a short follow-up on this. $20,000 worth of shoes they said that they Wait, cut what? open. Oh, yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Here's the independent. It didn't take long for thousands of fellow TikTokers to flood the viral clip with questions. Many intrigued as to why. Well, it keeps you grounded and connects you to the earth and its energy, one person claimed in response to a question about the benefits of going barefoot. However, they legit are in the city on concrete, so your question still stands. One user highlighted a point raised in the video. No one talking about her saying there is a lip in the shoe for her toenails to latch onto. Another suggested the fact that you have to engineer it so your toes are still holding on, <laughs> holding on to the shoe actually negates the benefits of going barefoot. It's a good point. Meanwhile, a third asked, 
But how about public toilets? <laughs> yeah. Speaking to Time about barefoot walking, Dr. Priya Parthasarathi, a podiatrist with foot and ankle specialists of Mid-Atlantic in Silver Spring, said she cringed. You're pretty much asking for trouble, and I 100% do not recommend it, for a lot of different reasons, she continued, citing planter warts, being unsanitary, sunburn, and a heightened risk of injury through falling due to a lack of protection on slippery surfaces. And glass. All I can think about is the glass. Yeah. There's glass fucking everywhere. But that's just a podiatrist. That's, that's Bigfoot telling you, <laughs> you you can't do that. Yep. Big shoe. Uh, anyways, finally today, and yes, the next story took place on TikTok as wow. well. I don't know. But hey, at least we're not talking about X, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, it looks like there is no DNA test needed. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. definitely got that Kennedy blood in him because he has been apparently liking thirst traps on TikTok and even going so far as to comment on them. Now, this guy, he is, of course, denying this because he is he is married, married to Cheryl Hines. I was hacked. Married to Cheryl Hines, yeah. uh, who brings it full circle with the Larry David conversation oh, yeah. earlier. But yeah, Cheryl Hines, that's a real catch, sir. Yeah. But uh, I guess not. Well, he's denying think... it because, yes, he, he is married. He's also running a doomed presidential campaign. Yeah, how is that still going? And he absolutely should not be this horny on Maine right now in his life. I mean, so, we've never seen a Kennedy reach this level of advanced age. They usually die off sooner. That's so. the thing. That all, the rest of the Kennedys would have been going wild for TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he, he after being caught, red-handed, uh, he's doing what every politician does. He's blaming it on one of his young staffers. Is that the staffers? Yeah, I mean, it proves that he has what it takes to be a politician. Yeah. It wasn't me, it was the staffers. It wasn't me. You know all those horny staffers I hired? Uh, so <laughs> under a video of a woman with, um, a woman with a- She got a great ass! <laughs> I just rewatched. He got a great ass. I just rewatched Heat too. So. This is a great movie. Uh, a woman with a particularly pronounced posterior. A great ass. Uh, a verified account belonging to Robert F. Kennedy commented simply, "Wow." Who's the, the Maroon 5 guy? Uh, remember those, those leaked? <laughs> yeah. Wow, he's like, holy crap. What is like, that ass is insane? I, that is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, so after this was discovered, he, he was forced to make a statement, obviously. So he did so on Twitter. I'm not going to do the voice. No, <laughs> you've already hurt yourself with Elmo. Why even make it worse? The TikTok comment in question. <laughs> Just do it normally. <laughs> he's got an insane voice. He got a weird voice. <laughs> I got a weird voice. The TikTok comment in question. Oh, sorry, that's Elmo. The TikTok comment in question was made in 2022, long before I ever had a TikTok account. This comment now appears on my account because the account was previously owned by one of the campaign's young social media managers. When I announced my run for the presidency in April of 2023, the team wanted it broadcasted on every social media platform, including TikTok. However, TikTok does not allow live streaming for accounts that have less than a thousand followers. The social media manager decided to transfer his account, which had around 1,500 followers, to me in order to stream my announcement on TikTok. It wasn't me being horny. It was that man, my social media, this guy over here. <laughs> I got a horny staffer. Hey, get up here and wave to the people. We love our horny staffers. Get on up here. It's so. It, it was a pretty great, great ass, wasn't it? It's so insane, wow. too, because it's like... You're Robert F. Kennedy. You're already like well ingrained in like the entertainment industry and and you would assume politics. 
the idea that you couldn't get one person to call up TikTok and be like, hey, yeah. we got a Kennedy who's about to announce uh, that he's running for president. You guys think he could live stream this on your platform? No, instead he's like, hey, I don't give a shit what you've been posting or saying yeah. on this account. Could be anything. Just change the name, yeah, give it to me. Yeah, put my face on it and have the little verified thing on I it. I mean, this I give this 50-50. I, mean, I don't believe How did he get it verified, though? I don't know. I... It could be true. It's just, it's actually both ways are funny. Yeah, it's funny either way, and that's yeah. the best part about it. But okay, okay, RFK Jr., sure. I mean, you could just say you like big butts. I mean, this wouldn't even be the worst thing you've done while in a relationship. Because uh, back in 2010, uh, he divorced his then-wife, who then went on to, uh, how do we say? She, she unalived herself. Yes. Because reportedly she had found his personal journal where he wrote about his sexual relationships with 37 different women. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well, okay, okay, we can't end the episode there. We have to somehow make it a lighter note. Uh, cheer everyone up, okay? That's a lot of women. <laughs> I'm going <all good> never. <laughs> okay, so here's an ironic story. Down in Brazil, moviegoers who were enjoying a nice night out to see The Holdovers, starring Paul Giamatti, became holdovers themselves when the theater staff forgot that they were there <laughs> while the screening was happening, and they closed up shop. They locked apparently 40 people who were in the audience in the theater overnight. And there's video. There's uh, the video of the trapped patrons uh, freaking out. Uh, and eventually, though, the fire this is a happy story. The fire department did right. come and let them out, so everything's fine. Just funny that they specifically went to see a movie about being trapped somewhere and were then themselves trapped. Now, apparently, though, no fun hijinks ensued, no life lessons learned, no empathy for others unfolded, and no drifty-eyed teacher who smells like fish. I wonder what the dubbed Brazilian version of Paul Giamatti sounds like. I hope they don't even dub it. They should just put the Most the countries do dub uh, American movies. Yeah. You got to go out of your way to get the, the subbed version. Uh, when when I was uh, in Europe uh, over the Christmas break, I watched the entirety of the first Alien movie in Dutch, which is very funny because their language is already like, ooh, we're ebbing in trouble or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we opened a big problem. <laughs> so uh, that was fine. I mean, with those old movies, they kind of just, you don't even need yeah. the dialogue. The story is very visually paced. Did you see... Uh... The Soderbergh uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, is that what you're going to bring up? Oh, that I did see that recently, but uh, uh, that mischief company—they're showing latest, everything in ASCII. Yeah, Ashy, they do. They somehow—they're showing movies. They have the every day they show a new movie, but you have to go into like your computer's terminal and input this like line of code, and it launches the movie entirely in Ashy art. It is like unfucking watchable, but it has there's no sound, but it it does have the the subtitles. So I watched a little bit of Hereditary the other day. <laughs> And uh, it was a, it was not a great experience. No, but on the other hand, that Soderbergh uh, re-edit of Raiders, where it's basically just took like the Social Network soundtrack, score, yeah, yeah, the Reznor score, and made it black and white. Yeah, obviously, I would assume did a lot more color correcting on the black and white because it, it looks does really look good. good. Yeah, but a lot of people saying. With even without the dialogue, the movie's perfect because you understand everything that's happening. That was the yeah, the visual explanation. The whole reason he did it was basically to show like what a good director Spielberg is. He was rising up his boy Spielberg by saying like you can take out all the sound and even all the color, and this movie is still like a perfect uh, example of like 
filmmaking. Yeah, people got into it a little too heavy with the Wizard of Oz, Pink Floyd comparisons. Like, any movie is going to match up with sound if you want to hear yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah. Uh, especially but, if you're high. <laughs> especially. I remember uh, the, the high trick I did back in the day when both of them were brand new things was uh, we would get stoned out of our minds. And you'd start BBC's Planet Earth episode one, the same time you start In Rainbows by Radiohead. Oh, and yeah. And I yeah, swear yeah. to God. I remember that one. Swear that it fucking matched Bro? up perfectly. <laughs> you can't convince me otherwise. Yeah. I was high as shit. No, it's just one of your beautiful visuals with a beautiful album. Like, it's going to work. You I'm hear sorry. the new Smile album? Yeah, it's great. Very good. Very good stuff. Great. Anyways, uh, like the video. Go ahead, like it, click the button. We're watching. Come there on. There you go. Uh, another, Thank you for liking the. Oh, I lost it. Yeah. Uh, another video. Uh, no sponsor. You're the sponsor. Click. Yeah. Click the join button. Uh, leave a super chat or whatever the hell that is in the comments. Love to see it. Thank you so much for that. Thank you for anyone who joined recently. We really appreciate it. Don't forget to watch our other videos over here. We got two new videos for you from this week and a new video of weekly weird news coming up soon. So see you soon. Bye bye. Bye.